Welcome to Self Talk Show, the show where we explore the untrodden paths of finance, entrepreneurship, self-improvement and the pursuit of financial freedom. I'm your host Mitali Ohri and today get ready to embark on a journey that challenges the conventional and defies the norms of financial planning. Our guest today is not just a financial professional, he's a visionary who has cracked the code of a tax-free retirement. I'm thrilled to introduce you to Milton Brown Jr., the trailblazer who's redefining the rules of financial game. If you have ever felt trapped in a whirlwind of tax worries and financial fiascos, then this episode is your beacon of light. Milton Brown Jr. is not here to give you cookie-cutter advice. He's here to unleash unconventional strategies that empower small business owners, pre-retirees, and retirees to bid farewell to high taxes and embrace a life of financial liberation. His methods challenge misconceptions, disrupt the status quo, and pave the way for a future free from the chains of financial uncertainty. But this isn't just about numbers and spreadsheets. It's about embracing a mindset shift, understanding the power of the IRS tax code, and unlocking strategies that allow you to own nothing, control everything. It's about grabbing the reins of your financial destiny and charting a course towards true financial freedom. In this episode, we'll dive deep into the mind of Milton Brown Jr. as he shares his journey, his unconventional approaches, and the transformative success stories of those who have walked his path. From practical tips to visionary insights, you're about to be equipped with the knowledge to navigate a financial landscape like never before. So get ready to challenge the norms rewrite your financial narrative and step into a world where financial freedom isn't just a dream. It's a reality waiting to be claimed. Without further ado, let's dive into the world of innovative financial strategies with the visionary himself, Milton Brown Jr. Milton, welcome to Self Talk Show. It's an honor to have you here. So, Milton, you are known for your unconventional strategies in the financial world. Could you tell us more about your background and what inspired you to develop these unique approaches to financial planning? Absolutely. So my background in financial services began in 2001, where I had began to make a fair amount of money, but I didn't seem to know how to invest it. And the investments that I were making, I was losing. And so I said I needed to understand how the money game worked learn the rules of the game, not only how to make money, but now I need to learn how to grow and protect my money. And so I said, the best way to do that is to get into the financial services industry where individuals are investing their money and growing it as well as protecting it. And so I got into the industry. I became a licensed uh, financial professional in 2001 and I was with a small company and I began to learn the game. However, I wasn't learning the things that I felt would be most most helpful uh, for me. In fact, the company was more focused about uh, adding people to my team and growing my business so that I can leverage the work that they did and I can make, you know, commissions off of their production. That is not a bad idea, but at the time that was not my focus. That is not why I joined the company in the first place. I truly wanted to understand uh, markets, interest rates, stocks, bonds, uh, life insurance, those sort of things. And so um, I did on a very surface level, 
but I didn't get the in-depth knowledge that I was seeking. So I ended up leaving there, joined up with a veteran who had been in the industry for a while, and I was an independent. While with the independent, while as an independent, working with this gentleman, he taught me really how to uh, use life insurance in a non-traditional fashion, uh, to use it for more than just life insurance, but also to sh- uh, learn how to shelter my money as well as grow my money tax-free. That was the beginning of understanding that in order to really grow your money, you have to understand how to use the tools. And um, from there, I went on to New York Life. I was uh, an advisor for New York Life for a while, and then I became a partner in the downtown office in Chicago, and I did that for a couple of years and didn't find the satisfaction that I was looking for. I missed being able to help clients because most of my time was focused on um, agent development and I wanted to get back into the field and, you know, really work on developing um, my client base and working with, you know, clients that I can, you know, help grow their portfolios. So I went back uh, into the field as an advisor Begin to continue my knowledge outside of the learnings from New York Life and learn more things about how money really works, uh, understanding how interest really works, understanding how uh, index policies worked. And uh, it was at that time I realized, hey, you know, it would be best suited for you to really just go back on your own as an independent. So a partner that I had at New York Life uh, she and I actually left and started our own firm and who happens to be my wife today. So we not only were business partners, but now life partners. And um, that's how I got into uh, the untraditional strategies, because I realized that the traditional things that seemed to be cookie cutter that was being told to many people by the advisors, uh, I felt that there was a better way. There was a better way to help people to grow their money without all the risk and the volatility that they're exposed to in the market, as well as to protect their assets and to grow their money um, so that they can access it tax-free when they were ready to pull it out. Your remarkable background in the financial industry is a testament to your expertise and the significant impact you have made and continue to make. Understanding the IRS tax code can be daunting for many individuals How do you simplify complex tax concepts for your clients? And how do you help them navigate the code to their advantage? The tax code is most certainly uh, overwhelming for many people, for most of us. I couldn't agree more. Uh, In fact, I don't fully understand all of the tax code. However, I do have the benefit of working with some very good tax strategists and CPAs who has worked with me and helped me as an entrepreneur to maximize my tax situation. Uh, A couple things. Number one is the average individual think that tax season comes actually once a year on April 15th. Actually, tax season is twice a year. The first part of the tax season is tax planning. And that's when you plan on what you need to do throughout the year in order to minimize Uh, your tax liability and maximize your deductions. 
The second part of tax season is when you actually file. Unfortunately, many people miss the first half of tax season where they're actually properly planning to minimize their tax liability. They're waiting until the end of the year or some people as late as February or March trying to figure out how do I avoid paying so much in taxes and you have missed out on the uh, large time frame that you had ahead and you had before you to um, minimize those taxes. So uh, that's one challenge that many people face. The second is that for W-2 wage earners, I can't stress enough the importance of starting some type of home-based business, uh, small business of any kind. Why? Because the IRS tax code is not designed or written for W-2 wage earners. The W-2 wage earner pays the highest in taxes than any other tax bracket. The IRS code is, in fact, designed to benefit business owners. And that does not mean only your Facebooks and Amazons and Microsofts. It also includes the mom paws. It also includes the home-based business that you operate out of the closet in your bedroom. The simple fact is that if you have a business you give your yourself access to over 400 additional tax deductions that a W-2 wage earner simply does not have. So the first thing I want to encourage your listeners to do is start some type of a home-based business that will allow them access to those additional deductions that they then can use not only to write off in their business, but then will also reduce the amount of taxes that they pay that they will pay on their W-2 income. Um, The other thing that I assist my clients in doing is understanding with their business some of the tax deductions that they are not privy to or simply have not been exposed to. Uh, One is the Augusta rule, which simply allows you to uh, rent out your personal residence to your business for your monthly board meetings. And that is tax-free income to you that comes from your business and is a tax deduction for your business. So it's a double win. So that's just one small caveat that many people are not aware of. And there are many other that that is found within the IRS tax code. But you have to understand where to look and what is your particular situation and how to use the tax code to your benefit. So um, in short... I can help simplify the tax code for my clients because of my personal experience with the tax code and using it to my advantage, as well as uh, the access that I have and resources I have by way of other um, tax professionals and CPAs who have helped me in the past. I would certainly encourage you beautiful listeners to heed Milton's advice and seek his guidance on this matter. Financial freedom is a goal many people aspire to achieve. How do your strategies help small business owners, pre-retirees and retirees bid farewell to worries about high taxes and vanishing savings and embrace a life of financial independence? The strategies that I use uh, help both my business owner clients as well as my individuals who are pre-retirees or retirees uh, in a very similar fashion in most cases. Um, Both segments um, are dealing with tax concerns. Um, that they're trying to figure out how to minimize the amount of taxes that they're paying. Especially retirees, they're trying to figure out when it comes to retirement, how can they reduce the amount of taxes that they pay? Because all of this time, traditional planning has taught us to 
uh, use the tax deferred plan that's offered by their employers. Um, what that simply does is just kick the can down the road, right? I mean, you still got to pay those taxes. You just don't have to pay them today. The problem with that strategy is we know what the tax code or the tax um, bracket you're in today, how much you're going to pay. We have no clue on what it's going to be 5, 10, 20, 30 years from now when you get ready to retire. However, if we look at the current conditions of our economics, even globally, where do you think taxes are going to go? Do you actually believe the taxes are going to go down or they're going to go up? So most individuals, as well as myself, believe that taxes are inevitably going to go up. Um, And so you're going to end up paying more in taxes down the road in your retirement than you could have gotten gotten away with paying today. So what we do is we show you how to not only minimize the um, taxes that you the tax situation that you have, but we also try to make sure that when you enter retirement, that you're entering retirement with tax free income. And my strategies help with that as well. Then they both have the concern about the amount of interest that they're paying, whether you're a business owner, financing equipment, or even, you know, loans that you have acquired in order to uh, help your business. Uh, As an individual, you may have your, your mortgage, your student loans, car loans, credit card debt, all of that. All of those things are affecting your ability to plan for your financial future. And so I help my clients to get out of debt uh, and eliminate the money that they're losing by paying all that interest. And most times I'm able to help a client get completely out of debt, including a 30-year mortgage uh, in at least nine years or less. And there are some variables in that, but uh, that has been what I have been able to do so far uh, with getting my clients out of debt and removing the amount of interest that they're lo- that they're paying um, for the financing of the various um, vehicles and equipment that they have. Then it comes to protection. Business owners are always concerned about the protection because someone is always looking to sue someone. And so I show my clients how to protect their assets from all lawsuits and creditors so the should that situation arise, they will be prepared and not have to worry about losing everything that they've worked so hard to build. And I also have that strategy available for my individual clients as well. So those are some of the strategies and the similarities that I have when working with my clients to help them to achieve the financial freedom they're looking for when they get ready to retire to make sure that they're lawsuit proof, their assets are protected, to get them out of uh, all forms of debt, as well as to show them how to grow and protect their money and pay the least amount in taxes. These are some really clever and effective strategies. In your experience, what are some common misconceptions people have about minimizing taxes? And how do you debunk these misconceptions with your innovative approach? This is a great question. A couple of things I want to cover. The first one I want to cover is tax deferral. And to help me make my point, I'm going to use an example. Let's just say that uh, I came to you and I said I wanted to start a business with you. We're going to be partners. Now, in this partnership, I'm going to be a silent partner. I need you to put up all the money. In addition to putting up the money, I also need you to manage the business uh, the day to day and make sure that it grows. And because it's your money that has been put up, you're assuming all of the risk. Okay, 
So that's how we're going to start the business. Now, as 10, 20, 30 years go by, you have done a tremendous job in growing our business and made tons of money. Now we decide it's time to exit, whether we want to sell or what have you, you want to buy me out. It's time to divide the profits, the proceeds. Now, early on, I never established with you what percentage of the business that I would receive upon sale or, you know, closing the business. Um, So I tell you, oh, wow, looks like you did a really, really good job in building our business. And I think I want 20 percent. Give me 30 percent. Would you agree to go into business with me based on those terms that I've just shared with you? You put up the equity. You do all the day to day managing of the funds, the business, as well as uh, you assume all risk because you put up all the money. I would think not. Well, that's exactly what we do when we put our money into inside of tax deferred plans. Okay, you put your money inside a retirement account, your money. You manage that money or you give it over to a money manager to manage it for you. And together, you guys successfully grow that money for the next 10, 20, 30 years until it's time to retire. Now you enter retirement and it's time to take the money out. And now Uncle Sam comes to you at that time and say, "Mm, I think I want 30 percent in taxes. It's the exact same scenario as the business proposition that I gave you which you thought was a total asinine idea. That's what we're doing when we put our money inside of tax deferred vehicles. We're assuming all risk. We're managing the day to day of how do we adequately grow that money to make sure that it is enough for us when we get ready to retire. And then at the end of it all, then we have our silent silent partner come into play and decide how much of our growth or our money they that he wants to take as a profit. So tax deferral to me is a very, very uh, common misconception that many people have bought into uh, in terms of how to grow and prepare, grow your money and prepare for retirement. The second one is that many people think that the tax code is only for the wealthy. One of my biggest pet peeves is when I hear other financial professionals say the secrets that the wealthy don't want you to know. Uh, Here is some financial news or information that the government doesn't want you to know. It is not true. It is not that the government doesn't want you to know. It's not that wealthy people don't want you to know as if you knowing this will prevent them from, you know, doing well themselves. It's a mere fact of access to education and information. But the information is out there. You just have to seek it out, find it and implement it. So uh, another misconception is that the tax code is only for the wealthy. It is not. And finally, I want to talk about the misconception that you cannot avoid capital gains tax. There is actual strategies where you can avoid capital capital gains tax. Um, You don't have to worry about doing things like a 1031 exchange in order to avoid those. Um, And a couple of other things that we can do to make sure that you can you know, receive all of your profits and continue to grow it to best suit you and not worry about having to pay capital gains tax. So those are some of the uh, big misconceptions that I encounter on a consistent basis um, dealing with my clients. That's pretty enlightening. 
Discipline and implementation of knowledge are crucial aspects of financial success as you mentioned. Could you share some practical tips or strategies to help our listeners take action and make the most of their financial planning? Absolutely. So, uh, as we as we mentioned, you know, acquiring the knowledge and knowing what to do is one thing. Even going as far as to work with a financial advisor or planner in order to devise a plan for you, that's another thing. But at the end of the day, it all boils down to the discipline to take action on the plan that was created for you. And I can't tell you how many times I've come across uh, individuals who I have worked with and they are given tasks and responsibilities in order to implement certain aspects of the plan. And when I follow up, the work is not done. There is no magic or secret to this. At the end of the day, in order to get the results, we must do the work. And so um, my suggestion or a couple tips that I have is number one, make sure that you're working with an advisor that is going to hold you accountable, not someone who's going to be your friend, not someone who's going to soft shoe you and make you feel warm and fuzzy, but someone who's going to, you know, keep it 100% honest with you and let you know when you have some shortcomings and let you know when you are not following the plan as it is outlined or designed by the two of you. So number one is definitely have someone work with someone who's going to keep you accountable to achieving your goals. The second thing is you must be coachable, right? So as an advisor, they cannot do the job for you and nor can they get it done if you're going to challenge and resist everything that they recommend that you do. You do not go to the doctor's office and tell them about a particular issue or pain that you have and then get into a debate with the doctor about the recommendation or prescriptions that he has for you. The same when it comes to your financial health. You come to a financial advisor because you respect their knowledge and their experience and you've done your due diligence and you feel that that particular individual can help you achieve your goals. Now that you have selected them, you guys have devised a plan, be coachable and do as requested uh, in terms of implementation of the plan. You, You can't get it done any other way. And then the third tip I want to give is use automation to your advantage as much as possible. What do I mean? Uh, certain parts of your plan will require you to do things on a monthly basis or, you know, make certain investments on a monthly basis. Put those things on autopilot, you know, automatic debit so that you don't have to remember to get them done and definitely don't want to forget to get those things done. Um, because no matter how small or minute it might be, it will overall affect the plan. So we want to make sure that we stay on task with doing those types of things. And then the other part of automation is put your bills on uh, automatic pay uh, whenever feasible or possible so that you don't have the um, expense of, you know, paying bills late. And now you're losing $35 here, $40 late fee there, and you're just losing small bits of money, but it all adds up at the end of the year. So you definitely want to use automation to make sure that you're making your contributions um, that you have designed in your plan on a consistent basis and timely. And then also make sure that you're using automation in order to um, pay your bills so that you don't lose money to late fees that occur occur, occur, (laughs) when you are not paying them on time. 
those were some really amazing tips and strategies that people can implement. Your alternative retirement savings methods sound intriguing. Could you elaborate on how individuals can increase their paychecks, legally write off expenses and generate income from businesses by following your approach? As I mentioned earlier, the tax code is not designed for W-2 wage earners. You're going to pay the most amount of taxes. In fact, when you are a W-2 wage earner, unlike a business, you pay taxes first and then you live off the rest. When you are a business owner, you spend as much as necessary in order to operate your business and then you pay taxes on what's left. Which method would be most desirable to you? Understanding that many of us do have to have jobs and we therefore are W-2 wage earners. However, there is a way for you to increase your paycheck while reducing the amount of taxes that you pay. And so, as I indicated earlier, one of those methods is to start a home-based business. It doesn't matter the type of business. And again, you don't have to have a brick and mortar. It can be, you know, a small corner in your bedroom. But you definitely want to start a home-based business. Why? Because it gives you access to over 400 different tax deductions that can be found in the tax code. Now, these deductions ultimately will allow you to have um, have less taxable income in the business. And if you have more deductions than you have income in the business because it's a new business, you also can take those losses and deduct that from your W-2 income as well. So by having those losses to trickle down to your W-2 income or your W-2 paycheck, you now can increase and follow me here, you can increase the number of exemptions on your paycheck, right? Because the last thing you want to do is get a tax refund. Again, that was one of the myths that um, I failed to mention earlier, but a tax refund is not a positive thing, contrary to what many may believe. It is simply a, a interest-free loan that we're gearing to, giving to Uncle Sam that he pays back a year later and we're excited to get it back um, but they've had the money of yours for an entire year and you've earned nothing on it so what we want to do is when we have a home-based business I show my clients how to increase their exemptions and by doing so it reduces the amount of taxes coming out of your paycheck which gives you an instant uh, pay raise on your very next paycheck now if this is something that sounds a little complicated uh, I'll be more than happy to discuss with you how to get that done, or you can talk to any CPA or accountant. It's a very simple concept. They can show you how to do that, but you definitely want to have a business, a home-based business that allows you to have those additional deductions. Now, when it comes to deductions, some of your everyday expenses with a home-based business uh, becomes uh, tax deductible for you. For example, using your cell phone for your business allows you to write off a portion of your cell phone bill. Uh, when you have a business inside of your home, your electric bill, your gas bill, um, part of your rent or your mortgage, all of those bills, a portion, not all of it, a portion becomes tax deductible because it's part of your business expense. Again, I highly encourage you to get with a tax professional uh, or an accountant, someone who can explain in greater detail. I don't want anyone to get into trouble uh, by implementing these strategies, but I assure you they do work when implement, implemented properly. 
Thank you so much, Milton, for the detailed explanation. For those interested in learning more, I encourage our listeners to get in touch with Milton Brown Jr. The concept of owing nothing, controlling everything is fascinating. How do you guide individuals in structuring their assets to protect them from potential lawsuits while still benefiting from the cash flow they generate? The concept of once, O-N-C-E, own nothing, control everything, is a strategy that I employ with all of my clients who have assets that needs protection. Um, it's a form of uh, our asset protection strategy that is uh, used in, in estate planning and uh, is also a strategy that is used by the wealthy. Um, some of the famous people that you may have heard of is the Rockefellers. They have used this strategy for many, many years to protect their assets and to have them continue to grow and pass on from generation to generation. Uh, one of the challenges that we have today is many people simply love the idea of being able to say, I own, I own this million dollar home. I own a $200,000 vehicle. I own the Mona Lisa. And the problem with that is it puts a target on your back um, because people love to sue people that they feel that they can actually collect from. What I show my clients how to do is to divest themselves of all of their assets um, by not having any in their name. However, they still maintain 100% control of it. And you say, well, where do the assets go? I have my clients put their assets into a trust. And not just any form of trust. I know that many people today are talking about trust. It seems to be a very popular thing to discuss right now. And you have to make sure that you have the proper type of trust based on your needs. Um, you have the revocable trust and you have the irrevocable trust. Um, I specifically like the irrevocable trust because it ensures that if I am ever sued for any reason, my assets cannot be taken out of my trust and liquidated for the purpose of satisfying the lawsuit. Uh, unfortunately, when you have a revocable trust, the judge can order in certain circumstances, the judge can order that your assets that you maintain control of while inside of your trust can be forcibly liquidated out of your trust and used in order to satisfy the lawsuit. So, there are a couple of other more uh, characteristics and components to the trust that I use, but that one feature in particular, the irrevocable type of trust, is one that I use when I'm teaching my clients to own nothing and control everything. That very same trust allows you to pass down your assets generation to generation, and you don't have to worry about any of your heirs or your um, beneficiaries losing those assets due to uh, circumstances either beyond their control or circumstances that they were not uh, the most responsible with, such as um, they cannot take those assets and use it as collateral. If they're involved in some type of lawsuit, they cannot lose those assets to satisfy a lawsuit on their behalf. So this way, it ensures that your assets that you have acquired maintain and stay with the family to further the family legacy while everyone involved continue to grow that legacy. Uh, again, that requires additional stipulations and um, aspects of the trust, but the foundation of the trust that I recommend is the irrevocable trust as opposed to the revocable trust.
that's one of the most brilliant strategies that I've ever heard of. Your expertise sets you apart from traditional financial advisors. What do you believe is the most significant value you provide to your clients that others in the industry might overlook? I love this question. As a matter of fact, it's the reason why I began to call myself a financial strategist instead of a financial advisor. Many financial advisors tend to do what I call the cookie cutter planning, where they will, uh, in order to determine how much of your money should be exposed to the markets, they just deduct your age by 100 um, and then they do a percentage and that's what percent needs to be in safety, such as bonds and the like. And then the other should be in the markets. They also tend to offer traditional um, plans and products that, you know, whatever their institution has for them to offer. As an independent advisor and based on my experience of seeing the different strategies that the wealthy people that I know, how they invest their money, they do utilize some of the traditional strategies. I'm not going to deny that. But they also do a lot of outside-the-box thinking. They do things that your traditional advisor does not do. And so it is those things that makes me unique to my clients because I implement those strategies, things that are not so common um, used by other professionals in my industry. And that is also my value add. I am consistently on the, the lookout and searching for more and more ways that I can show my clients how to earn, grow, and protect their money and their assets and then leave them and pass it on as a legacy for their family. And there are a lot of opportunities that are out here, unfortunately, that due to um, institutional compliance and things of that nature that many advisors are not aware of or not able to offer to their clients. Um, which I am able to offer to my clients. So uh, very good question. I'm glad that you asked it. Uh, what makes me different is that I am definitely a financial strategist looking for different strategies to achieve the objectives um, that you have for your retirement or your financial goals and not restricted by the traditional cookie cutter products that you can get from any financial warehouse. Milton, I'm glad that you love this question and you're indeed a genius financial strategist. Collaborating with you seems to offer a unique opportunity for individuals to legally minimize taxes and secure a tax-free retirement. Can you share a success story of a client who experienced significant financial transformation through your guidance? Absolutely. Um, in fact, if you would allow, I'd like to share two testimonials that I have from uh, two of my clients where I was able to drastically impact their financial lives. Uh, one is I had a client who was almost a million dollars in debt. Now that included a personal residence, um, a piece of income property, automobiles, and credit card debt. And based on a strategy that I implemented for them to use, the client was able to pay off all of that debt Again, nearly a million dollars in debt in nine years and three months. Now, I'm talking about two 30-year mortgages on the income property as well as on their residential property, uh, two automobiles, and credit card debt that they were in. 
They were able to get rid of all of that debt within nine years and three months, uh, not making any additional large payments. What I was able to do, to, you know, just to give you an idea, <clears throat> I was able to show them how to reallocate the money that they were currently spending. So it didn't require any additional payments, uh, just reallocate the money that they were currently spending and to utilize a system that I have to show them how to uh, in the proper sequential order, pay down all of that debt. Now, they were able not only to pay off nearly a million dollars in debt, but at the end of paying off all of that debt, they were also able to accumulate over uh, $125,000 inside of a retirement account. Now, that's something that I can show you how to do uh, using a couple of our systems uh, in combination to eliminate the debt and also how to uh, generate or create a tax-free retirement fund for yourself using those same dollars. So that was one situation of a client that I like to talk about. The second one is in terms of asset protection and liability. It's not a good, well, it turned out well for my client, but it was a bad situation. So I had a client who um, I put inside a trust or I put their assets inside of a trust and they had a home and the family had, it was, they had three children, two of the children were driving and a husband and wife. And so I was able to put their assets inside of the trust, all of their assets being titled to the trust. So no one owned the vehicles, no one owned the cars. It was all owned by the trust. And uh, one of the teenage uh, children, the son, was driving and he was involved in a very bad car accident. And there were some very substantial injuries to the other party in the vehicle, in the other vehicle. And um, after, you know, going back and forth, uh, my client received a letter saying that they were in fact were going to be sued by that family for damages and um, so they got an attorney. I told them that they didn't have to worry. Calm down. You don't have to worry about anything. You'll be fine. And I was able to assure them of that because they didn't own anything. They didn't have any assets. I made sure that all of their assets were protected. I made sure that they had very little money in, in the bank. We had the, most of their monies put in other vehicles, which protected them from lawsuits as well. And um, fast forward, uh, when the other attorney did an asset search or asset discovery to find what assets that my clients have in order to pursue a lawsuit, they recognized or realized that my clients didn't own any assets. And so therefore, they appeared to be broke. And no one sues broke people. Attorneys sue when they feel that they can win because that's how they get paid. If they don't see assets for uh, owned by someone upon which they can sue or, you know, place a lien against, then they will not, you know, pursue the case. So ultimately that family and I, my heart goes out to the family, but that family was only able to get the amount of uh, funds that were presented by the insurance company and my clients protect, uh, assets were all protected. Uh, that's a, that's one of the things that I am really, really most proud of today. Wow. I would really like to express my appreciation for your work and brilliance. 
As we face an ever-changing financial landscape, how do you stay ahead of the curve and continually innovate your strategies to ensure they remain effective in helping your clients achieve financial freedom? As I mentioned earlier when I was describing what sets me apart or makes me different from your traditional financial advisor, which is why I go by the title of financial strategist, is because I'm constantly seeking out new um, services, products, um, tax laws, anything that I feel can be of value to my client and give me additional value add to bring to my clients. Uh, in fact, most recently, I've come across an opportunity for my clients that allow them to be the lender to a real estate development company that has over $200 million in real estate portfolio. And this allows my clients to earn anywhere from 14% per year to 33% per year on an investment that is secured and collateralized by commercialized real estate. It is um an opportunity that traditionally is only made made available to accredited investors. However, due to my network and, you know, constantly trying to make connections and find, again, those non-traditional strategies for my clients, I was made privy to this opportunity, um, again, which many financial advisors are neither aware of nor can they offer to their clients. And so... um, I'm very excited. I had a couple of clients who got involved already. Um, I've seen some success stories. This company has been around for over, uh, I'm sorry, this investment opportunity has been around for over six years now. So it's not anything new. It's just something new to me that I can now make available to my clients. But I'm very excited about that too. Uh, have an opportunity where you can earn 14% minimum or as high as 33% Uh, on an annual basis on your money with absolutely zero risk or um, potential for uh, loss all collateralized by commercial real estate so um, the clients that I've gotten involved thus far are very excited about it and so am I for young entrepreneurs and individuals starting their careers What essential financial principles or pieces of advice would you recommend to lay a strong foundation for their future? For young entrepreneurs, I would say, make sure you understand that it's not about you. It's always about the value that you bring to your client or your customer. You might want to think that you're the boss, but you work for your client and your customer and you work on a daily basis to continue to show the value add that you bring. From a financial principle perspective, I will say, make sure that you understand that the money that you earn early on must be reinvested into your business. You have to continue to do your marketing. You have to continue to make sure that you're in front of all of your uh, target market, your prospective clients. And when you have the availability to do so, immediately begin to put money away for your retirement as well as for uh, future growth of your business. Do not by any means get caught up in the flashiness of buying cars and a swanky office and the hot watches and all of those things. Those things will come, but most importantly, reinvest in your business and make sure that you began to put money away for your retirement and for the future of your company as soon as you possibly can. For individuals who are starting careers, um, you know, W-2 wage earners, uh, my number one suggestion to you would be to 
start a home-based business, a side hustle as soon as possible so that you can take advantage of those additional uh, tax um, deductions that I mentioned earlier in my um, conversation today. And then the next thing I want to encourage you to do is make sure that you um, it's find out if your employer has a Roth 401k instead of the traditional 401k. Um, if not, seek out how you can start your own uh, a Roth 401k. Uh, definitely participate in a Roth IRA and get with someone who, such as myself, who can provide you with strategies on how you can begin to save for your retirement with um, tax-free uh, strategies as opposed to tax deferred because again in the end uncle sam must be paid when you do the traditional tax deferred plans so that would be my suggestions for anybody who is starting out both as an entrepreneur or uh, with their new career that's wonderful advice milton and there you have it an eye-opening conversation with the visionary force behind innovative financial strategies milton brown jr I hope you're leaving this episode with a new profound perspective on how to approach your financial journey. Remember, it's not just about crunching numbers and saving money. It's about embracing unconventional strategies that can lead you towards a tax-free retirement and true financial freedom. Milton's insights challenge the norm and encourage to think beyond the conventional bounds of financial planning. As you reflect on the knowledge shared today, I encourage you to take action. Start by exploring how you can implement some of these strategies into your own financial life. Whether you're a small business owner, a pre-retiree or someone just beginning your career, there's something valuable here for everyone. If you're eager to learn more from Milton, you can connect with him on LinkedIn. I have left a link to his profile in the episode description, so make sure to check it out and connect for ongoing insights. Thank you, Milton, for being a beacon of inspiration and sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you very much for the opportunity to be on your podcast today. Uh, I have enjoyed spending my time with you and I wish you much continued success in the future. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on this journey. Remember, your financial future is yours to shape. Stay tuned for more thought-provoking episodes of Self Talk Show where we continue to explore uncharted territories of finance, entrepreneurship, self-improvement and the pursuit of financial freedom. Until next time, take action, stay empowered, and keep reaching for your financial dreams. This is Natali Ohri signing off. Catch you on the next episode.